Last week during worship, we invited you to, uh, to take some fish that were on your table, these paper fish, and to, to write, to think about what you were grateful for, but especially to focus on um, what you're grateful for about this congregation, your congregation, Westminster. And, and so um, I just picked out a few, or I actually had one of my assistants pick out a few of the of, of the fish, and, and there's a bunch of them on a table out there because we'd taken them down to scan them so that we could make a slideshow presentation, um, but we got a new copier this week, and well, anyway, long story short, they're on the table out there, and so, um, but I wanted to read a few of these too, and if you weren't here last week, if you weren't in worship, um, somewhere here we have some of the paper fish, and you are more than welcome to to, to fill this out, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to WPC because I love my church because I imagine that uh, Westminster will, you know, something like that. And we're going to put the fish again in the river that's flowing down the hall. And if you haven't seen the river that's flowing down the hall, we don't have a plumbing problem. We have a beautiful art installation that's flowing from the Fellowship Hall all the way down to the sanctuary. And, and you should definitely, if you can, stop and read some of the fish that are there as well. So I'm just going to read some of these, and they're, you know, just picked randomly here. I'm grateful to WPC for teaching me to love others with all my heart and reach out in my community. I imagine that what WPC will continue to shine like a beacon in the night for many generations to come. I'm grateful for WPC because our congregation is so supportive, and also because we know how to have fun. I'm grateful for Westminster because of our wonderful members, and we as a church are always moving forward um, for our congregation and community. I imagine WPC as an inviting place where the community can come together and worship. I love my church because they welcome and accept me as I am. So those are just some, again, I just sort of had my assistant pick those at random, uh, and so if that's something that you'd like to do, if you have, didn't get a chance to fill out a fish, we'll have those available after worship and you want to look at those. Also, just remember that the devotional booklets, um, there's a 21-day devotional that we're doing as a church together. Um, that, those are there, uh, one per family, out on the table in the hallway. If you didn't get yours last week, please pick it up. Otherwise, it's coming, into the mail, coming in the mail to you. So you're not going to get away from it. So just make sure you, you pick it up there. So I want to talk about this prayer that's on your tables. Lord, what do you want to do through me? I mean, just think about the words in that prayer. Lord, what do you want to do through me? Not my usual prayer, which is, Lord, would you just confirm what I want to do? Uh, is that, don't you guys pray that prayer? <laughs> I mean, that's oftentimes I, I, I look back on prayers and I'm like, I already, know what, I already know what needs to be done, so God, would you just confirm that? You know, would you just let me know that that's what's supposed to happen? Because, you know, I know what's good for me, so I'm just, 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 just you know, just put this, the USDA's number one stamp on that and grade A and let's just move on, you know? But it's interesting, Lord, what would you want to do through me? What would you do through me? really says a lot about what we believe about God. We're putting our trust not in our own discernment, necessarily, not, not in our own judgment, necessarily, 
but just opening ourselves up to hear what God would have us do. And then there's faith that through the Spirit that God would actually reveal that to us. I mean, that's some pretty amazing trust, isn't it? If you think about prayer, you know, for many people, um, prayer is something that just, it's, it's, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to do it. Um, I love the looks that in confirmation, especially is when we really start asking kids to lead the prayer at the end of Sunday school. And uh, I just happened to be in there last week when, when, when Jason, who's helping teach this year, uh, turned to one of, our, one of the students and, and, said, and said, okay, who's going to pray? And, and of course, it was crickets, chirp, 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 nobody said anything. And so he turned to one of the students and said, why don't, why don't you lead us in prayer? And, you know, her eyes are this big and, and whatever. It, it's almost like being in an elder meeting, <laughs> you know? It's like... Uh, will one of you pray for us? Well, uh, they're all looking around to make sure, or, or looking down, right? I'll never forget. We used to uh, we used to do some some um, sports things for the kids for their for their physical education classes um, because we homeschool. We, we we did some stuff with another organization, and at the end of every um, physical education class, they would they would there be a little Bible lesson, and then there then the, there was a prayer. And so at the end of that. The, the leader would say, who wants to pray? And there's 40 kids there. You know how many hands went up immediately? All of them. Every one of those kids wanted to be the one to lead the prayer. And I thought, wow. Wouldn't that be cool if we created a community where we said, would somebody lead us in prayer that everybody just jumped in because one we were just confident that we could pray and two we trusted that God would give us whatever words we needed what I want to tell you about prayer is that um, as Anne Lamont has famously written you know the two of the best prayers are in the morning help me help me help me (laughs) and in the evening thank you thank you thank you it doesn't need to be the King James English. You know, it doesn't need to be something that you find in a prayer book that someone spent hours and hours and hours writing and rewriting and thinking about. When it comes from your heart, when it comes from your heart, that's, that's often God speaking through you. Whether, that, whether that's a plaintive cry, God, can you help me? Or whether that's just a thanksgiving, Lord, thank you. For this, whatever it is in this moment. The disciples, uh, we have recorded in the scripture, in one place said, you know, Jesus, will you teach us to pray like, like John the baptizer taught his disciples to pray? And it was pretty common for rabbis in that time to, to teach their disciples a prayer that sort of encapsulated what their theological beliefs were about God, so that it was just a good way of sort of memorizing what, what God is about and, and what, you know, what that particular rabbi would focus on and focus in on. And so, I mean, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, I mean, it starts out with praise. 
You know, we name God, our Father who art in heaven. Like, we name, we name God. And, and then we say, holy is your name. Hallowed is your name. Great is your name. Awesome is your name. Just reminding ourselves about God's rightful place in our lives. That it is God who is awesome. It is God who is holy. It is God who then makes us holy just like saying, Lord, what would you do through me? What would you do through me? We ascribe all kinds of honor and glory to God to begin with, to remind ourselves of our position in relationship to God. Not just some sort of top-down sort of thing, but, but God is our Father. As God is this loving, gracious Father who wants to draw us in and give us new life. Your kingdom come. Again, most of the time I think we... I'll just be honest. I pray, hey, Lord, would you bring in my kingdom? You know, I mean, would you, would you help bring in my 401k kingdom? You know, my, my, my whatever, my, my new car kingdom, my perfect job kingdom, you know? Would you, again, I know better, so would you, you know, I, I often have been praying for what I want and what I think I need, but Jesus here is your kingdom come. And so, in some ways, we've got to figure out, what, well, what does that mean in prayer, right? God, what would that mean for me to ask for your kingdom to come in my life? What would, what would my life look like if I was living as if it was in your kingdom? As if my life were part of your kingdom? What would I be living like? What would I be doing? What... How would I be acting? What would my priorities be? We're having our session retreat this weekend, and so all of our elders were gathered for about eight hours yesterday, um, sequestered away in, in a beautiful place, but we didn't get outside very much. We got to look at it a lot, but we were in there talking, and one of the, big, one of the things that came up reminding ourselves is that everything is a trade-off. If you do this, you can't do that. If you choose God's kingdom, you don't get to choose the kingdom of this world. But oftentimes we want both. We want to be able to sort of straddle in both, and I think that's where we get all messed up. Your kingdom come. What would it mean? What would it mean to honestly pray that prayer and to let God live through us in that way? How would we spend our time how would we spend our money? What would our priorities be again? Because when, when God is in God's rightful place in our lives, everything else gets shuffled out and sorted in the right way. And it's not as if, you know, sometimes it feels like, and I'll just say to me, it feels like, well, you know, if, if I'm all about God's kingdom, it feels like, you know, very drudgery. Like, oh, I need to be out doing this and doing that and doing the other thing. But in the scripture... In John 15, Jesus says, Let my joy be in you, and let your joy be complete. That asking for the kingdom to come and beginning to seek out God's kingdom can lead to great joy in loving others and serving others and, and finding fulfillment and knowing that we have a God who loves us so deeply and richly that he sent his son to be for us a new way of life. 
to show us that kingdom. And so then we continue to pray, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. We often, you know, again, we get this heaven thing going where we're like on earth, heaven. Well, when we think about the kingdom, when we think about the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says the kingdom is among you. It's already here. It's not just, not someplace that we're going necessarily. And in the scripture, in, in the book of Revelation, it says that God's going God's gonna to make God's home among the people again. That the kingdom in the final end of things, when everything is renewed, is going to be among the people. There's a new heaven and a new earth, and they're together. The kingdom is among you. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And of course then, give us this day our daily bread. God, we ask that you provide for our needs. And we trust that God will. Trust that God will. And God, of course, asks us to put to work our gifts and skills and experiences, you know? Because God didn't just give us a life so that we could sit around, you know, just sitting around in worship. God, God gave us a life to be active and vibrant and doing things and, and, and co-creating with God everything that is new and wonderful. That's what's so cool. God created out of nothing, but then God gave us those materials to be able to create new things, to be able to do wonderful and, and gorgeous things with people and around the world. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our sins, we forgive those who sin against us, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. That in some way, in Jesus' theology, forgiveness is a huge piece. You've heard me probably say this before, but with couples um, who, are, who are, you know, in a lifelong relationship together, married, whatever, um, I often say one of the best things you can give each other is a short memory. Deal with it, forgive, and forget about it. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been around, you know, around a couple where it's, you know, something happens and, and, and he's like, well, you remember that time you broke the washer back in 1963? You know, just remember, it's revisiting this thing that happened. It just, ugh. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others which means we're called in a life of prayer to be people of forgiveness. And that's hard sometimes. People hurt us. We have to forgive ourselves. You know, the person who holds the biggest grudge against me is me. Thank you, David. You're absolutely right. You know me pretty well then. Yeah. You know, that thing, I mean, you know, Oftentimes we talk to ourselves worse than we talk to anybody else in our lives. God would not want that for us. God does not want that for us. Forgive yourself. Forget about it. Move on. Do what you need to do to move forward in God. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a, a, an honest acknowledgement of the fact that we, our tendency is to get in trouble. Our tendency is to do stuff that we probably shouldn't be doing. It's just real. And, and it's just real you know, to know that those things are out there and that we will find them.
For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, we added that on. Human beings did. That's not in the, that's not in the scripture that Jesus taught. But again, it's just sort of a wrapping up and a reminding that it is all about God. That it's all about God. And so, when we pray we don't necessarily need to use a lot of words. Now, in the, you know, in the Psalms, we have all kinds of prayers there. We really believe those are songs and prayers. And, and, a lot, and a lot of them are, Lord, my enemies are surrounding me. Help deliver me. Do all of this. But sometimes we don't ever hear that it gets resolved. Toward the end of the Psalm, it will often say, but Lord, I know you're in your, you're on, you know, you're in your kingdom. I know that you are strong. I know that you've delivered us in the past. I know... There's just this memory in the midst of trouble and difficulty that God is where God needs to be and that God is for us and for all people, no matter what. So I want to encourage you in a life of prayer to, if, if you aren't praying on a regular basis, figure out some sort of cue this is, a, this is habit talk we're talking about now. Figure out some sort of cue for you as to when you would pray. One of our elders yesterday said, it's when I get in the car and I, my hand goes to turn the key, I stop for just a moment and I pray. That's the cue. Like, I'm in my car, I'm getting ready to go to work. Pray. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe it's when you're brushing your teeth. Maybe it's... But but tie it to something. Because people say, well, I just don't, I don't know when to pray. I, don't, I forget. I, this, uh, tie it to something else that you do all the time. We do all kinds of things on a habitual, regular basis. You tie prayer to it. And again, it can just be, you know, when you get in the car and you put your hand on that thing, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> you know, and maybe when you're, when, you're, when you're getting ready to come home from work, thank you, thank you, thank you. It can be that simple as a start, as a start to, to pray. Or maybe it's not even words. That's, that's one of the other things that I think that we, we get all caught up in is like, well, what words do I need to say? Well, how about just quieting yourself and saying, Lord, I'm here. Your servant is listening. Samuel, Right? when he finally figured out that it was God (laughs) and not Eli. He said, your servant is listening. Can we listen? Because God is speaking to us. God is calling to us. Wanting to lead us into a new way of living, of giving, of being. A way that wraps its arms around all people and draws them together. Doesn't divide them, but draws them together. Not in some political movement, not in some sort of other movement that that generally divides us, but that draws us together in love and in hope and in grace, that holds us tightly, that holds us accountable, 
for our relationships in the community so that when we do hurt each other, we do forgive each other and we continue to move forward. We are being called and God is speaking and drawing us into a new way of life. And so when we pray, Lord, what do you want to do through me? Are we ready? Are you ready for what that word is going to be? Abraham listened to the voice of God and God said, just go to the place where I'm going to show you. Um, where's that? I'm not telling you. You'll know it when you get there. Abraham went. I mean, he's just an ordinary guy. I mean, we, 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 often look at, we often look at these people in the Bible and we say, oh, they're extraordinary. Oh my gosh. No, they're just ordinary people. I mean, I mean David was an adulterer. <laughs> but then he heard the voice of God through his friend Nathan and he repented. And there were some things that happened to him because of his sin. But he became the greatest king that the Jews remember. I mean, do you think that Mary was praying, Lord, just let me bear your son? I doubt that that probably crossed her mind. She probably didn't even necessarily believe that that was even possible. And yet when God came to her and spoke to her, She said, let it be with me according to your will. She heard the voice of God calling her into an incredibly risky life. I mean, just having children is risky. But to bear the Son of God in a world that would not accept him. And she said, let it be with me according to your will. So I encourage you today, and we're, just, we're going to take some time in silence. And I want you to think about something, some unfinished business in your life right now. So there's, so we all have stuff that's hang, sort of hanging out there. Is there something that you've been fretting about, worrying about, considering? I mean, right now in the life of the church, if you, you know, more specifically, we're, we're asking you to consider what's going on with your finances and how you might, what God is calling you to do in terms of supporting the mission and ministry of your congregation with your tithes and offerings, and then, of course, over and above that with perhaps a commitment to a capital campaign. So if you don't have any other unfinished business, you could use this time to think about that. But to pray this prayer, Lord, what do you want to do through me? So let's close our eyes and I'm going to pray that prayer and let's just spend some time and let's ask the Spirit to speak powerfully to us. Lord, what do you want to do through me, 